Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Hey, hostess with the most as what? I should do a different kind of show, shouldn't I? I really should. Um, I feel like I could do a hip-hop show. I don't really know what hip-hop is, but I feel like it seems so easy that I should be able to do it. I feel like I should be, like I need a hip-hop handle. Like hip, the Ninja Pastor I don't think is a great hip-hop handle. You have reached the Ninja Pastor. You're not you're not here in Ara, <laughs> you know. Uh, so anyhow, uh, we're glad to have you here with us at the Collision of Faith and Politics with Dr. Sean Greener, the Ninja Pastor. There's no doubt about it, this country is in shambles. And if you look at the CNBC, just take one look at the CNBC debate, and you'll see that. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, hang with me, and, and you will see. If you, if, you, if you hang with me, you're going to see what I mean by that. i got to ask you, are, are you tired of talking heads, talking around the truth about the condition and cause of our condition in our country today? Me too. That's the why behind the try of this radio show. It's the why behind the try. Joel 2.25 in the Bible says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. You know, I every time I eat the right thing or I exercise or whatever, I'm thinking to myself, my why behind the try there is to reclaim what was taken from me in the car crash three years ago. So everybody's got to have a why behind the try, and that's that's my why behind the try. Bottom line. Bottom line. I believe we should be hitting the real issues head on without political correctness, only truth. So today, if you've joined me, um, I'm going to open up the chat room now. Uh, Let's see here. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Open up the chat room now. And so connect away, folks. Put your questions in there, any comments that you have. I'm happy to field them. I appreciate it. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Hey, by the way, share this with your many, many friends. I know the people that listen to this show probably have uh, a gazillion friends. Um, and if you share them with just one, if anybody, if just one, you know, then that'll spread and that'll be awesome. Anyhow, um, this is the Ninja Pastor, the ninjapastor.com. 
Dr. Sean Greener, Sean spelled S H A W N G R E N E R, Dr. Sean Greener.com or the ninjapastor.com, blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninjapastor. I write for the minority report blog.com. If you do, if you go into the minority report blog.com and you search the ninja pastor up there, you'll be able to find it. Find us on Facebook. On the Facebook. Uh, the Facebook. You know what's originally called the Facebook? My son is always he's always so mad at me because because I'm I put that on there. I add the Facebook. You know that's that's what I do. So he doesn't like that. He says, "Dad, that's so old. You're so old." Um, well, yeah, I am a little bit. So anyway, um, so if you go to the Minority Report Blog dot com. Or I tell you where else you could go. There's this website. A lot of the the Minority Report blog stuff is is um, it it's called Impeach Nancy Pelosi. You can like that. Uh, I don't know why it's still called that, but I guess you know with you millions of millions of subscribers, you know. I don't know. I wouldn't change it either. I guess millions of subscribers. I'd like to have millions of subscribers to the show. I'd like to have millions of subscribers to um, TheNinjaPastor.com and Facebook and Twitter. I'm on Twitter at um, TheNinjaPastor, at TheNinjaPastor.com. Or no, no, it's just at TheNinjaPastor, right? That's how you do it. I don't know. Man, I can't keep up with all this technology. Find me on the LinkedIn. I'm on the LinkedIn. I'm LinkedIn. (laughs) I don't know how many, what do you call them there? Connections, I guess. I have a bunch of them there. Drinking me some water. That's what we that's what we call it down southern Delaware. We call it water. I don't call it water, I call it water, but you know, folks down southern Delaware, they wouldn't know what I was saying. They'd think I was getting all up in there. Anyway. Hey look, I want to give a shout out to our veterans. I want to give a shout out to our uh are people who they strapped on a uniform, put on a uniform, they went through the training, they stayed trained up, they stayed ready, they sacrificed an awful lot that normal people, normal civilians, you just don't have any idea. You really don't. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Uh, hello to my, uh, my Army Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. United States Navy, man, that's thank you for. Uh, I'm a fellow veteran in the United States Navy. I love the Navy. Go Navy, beat Army. No offense, but uh, I got to say that you know I I loved being in the military. I would hate being in the military right now. I really, really would. I would be. Uh, I I don't know. I can't say much more than that because I have a lot of good friends and relatives and and all that that are in but I can tell you this I feel bad for you I really do and I pray for your safety no doubt about it hey uh, you know look being a veteran it's just a I'll tell you I did a lot of things after after the military and I can tell you I I I keyed in I figured out why I was always trying to find that camaraderie that 
I just had in the military. It's hard to explain. You know, you know, my military people out there, if you've been in the military, you can echo this. Um, you know, it's one of those things you just you can't explain it. Honestly, it's a it's a pretty cool thing uh, to be a part of. And and when I was in uh, with the Reagan years, Reagan President Ronald Reagan, I got to shake his hand twice. Um, he was our president and our commander in chief. Lot not like this guy that's in there now. I mean, this guy that's in there now is just ridiculous. I'll share more about that. Uh, but I, I have to say, veterans, especially you guys that, that put in twenty or twenty-five or thirty years. Remember, remember last week I talked about and we played taps for Joshua Wheeler, uh, Master Sergeant Joshua Wheeler, Delta Force guy, the unit. Remember there was a show called The Unit. You guys remember that? A show called The Unit. And in The Unit, uh they detailed some some of the missions that the the actual missions that were sleeping. I want to curl right up here taking a nap. Anyway, uh they they uh they detailed a lot of the missions that um the unit or the Delta Force super secret unit Apparently now it's more super secret than uh, DevGrew or SEAL Team 6 since um, it seems like the Navy SEALs and the Navy SEALs mission is constantly being discussed on the national news and and, uh, SEALs are writing books. And some of the books that they write, I think, you know, are helpful. And and some of the books that they write, I think, wow, daggone, man. Not good for the brotherhood there. Not good for the brotherhood. But one book written by a Navy SEAL's father, um, it's called Betrayed, and uh, Billy Vaughn wrote that book, and he's quite a guy. I'm privileged to know him personally, and, you know, privileged to know Karen, his wife, and they are the parents of Aaron Carson Vaughn, and Aaron Carson Vaughn was killed in uh, Extortion 17, and you know, you guys know I'm, I I do a lot of stuff with um, with Gold Star and veteran related things, but I have to tell you, man, when you're around them, uh, you realize they raised heroes, and and you realized that um, it's a hard thing. Uh, Donald Trump said something the other day, and he he is while he is in many respects very articulate, he is. Also, uh, very inarticulate in many way, many many ways, and unfortunately, he he uh, cast aspersions um, upon a guy who I really, literally can't stand, um, John McCain. John McCain was a prisoner of war. Now, I give I want to be fair here. I give John McCain um, the uh, credit he deserves. Um, you know, it's. It's a tough thing. There's a lot about his story that's that's not widely known. That does not reflect uh, positively upon him uh, and his service. So I'll leave it there just because, you know, I didn't do what he did. And uh, so I have no I have no right, but uh, no right to cast any aspersions. But Trump did. Say well, you know, I thought you know, getting caught is not the objective, and 
what he what he doesn't realize is the, the, the sheer putting on of the uniform and, and saying, look, I'm going to write a check blank. It's a blank check. I'm going to leave it blank up to and including my life, up to and including my future. You know, there's something powerful to be said there. There's something very, very powerful to be said there. Uh, not just because I did it. I mean, I didn't have that remarkable of a of a service time. Um, but I can tell you, I served among some of the young, you know, no doubt about it, young people. And they were, a lot of them were very young. Um, I served with a guy who had been in the Navy for 40-some years. He was an E-9. He was a command master chief. He was, I mean, when he sweat, you smelled coffee because the man drank coffee and smoked cigarettes. Back then, you could smoke. Uh, smoking lamp was pretty much always lit on a base. If you were on a hard base, if you were on, on the water, there's a different story, but... Um, you could smoke all the time. I didn't care for that too much because it was pretty rough. But this man lit his next cigarette with the last one and, and uh, drank coffee literally till he went to sleep, which I never saw him actually ever say, well, you know, I'm going to sleep. He had more ribbons and awards that can be worn on a uniform. He had to go to the other side, and he filled that side up, and there were six rows of awards and ribbons and medals that he couldn't wear because he had too many. Um, you know, that's the real deal there. I served with some really great people, but some really great young people. And those people commit their lives to serving you, America, to representing you all around the world. We are not a force for good, Navy, a force for good. That's the new, uh, I don't know, what you, commercial, I guess. I don't know, commercial, ad, whatever. I don't know what's going on. Um, by the way, shout out to my uh, my buddy there overseas. Um, we're praying for you and pulling for you, counting the days. And can't wait for you to get back uh, deployed in the zone. And to uh, to all my other buddies, this, the, uh, there's a bunch of uh, special ops guys who send me messages, which I cannot read on the air. Uh, every single week, and um, but I really appreciate you guys listening. I know where you are. You have to be up awful late or awful early in order to listen to me, and that means a lot to me. But, folks, I'm going to say gold stars, folks who have given their their children, their husbands, their wives, their parents in service to this country, I mean, you know, I tell you, you, you just have to you have to look at that, and you have to say these are people who deserve our utmost in respect, our utmost in respect. Those are those people. I know there's a lot of uh, I know there's a lot of military guys uh, that are, you know, they listen to this show and they, and they feel hopeless. Not by listening to the show, but they listen, they listen to the show because they feel hopeless and they say, hey, you give me hope that there's that there's something. There's some secret sauce out there. And I tell you, secret sauce is coming to Delaware and Pennsylvania again, uh, I think it's in a week or two weeks. November, I want to say 12th, 13th, 14th, and 
16th maybe. If you go to – I'm going to play this because they're going to be more accurate than I will be. Um, I want you to listen to this, and, and but put in – if you're in Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey – or even Virginia, but it, but but it don't even put that in. Put Delaware in and put Pennsylvania. And I know that um, either 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, uh, the 16th, there's going to be a big level one training for the Center for Self-Governance uh, down in Dover, Delaware, or Camden, Delaware. It's a really beautiful historic site where it is incredible bunch of people. We're going to have some great instructors, founders of, of the uh, Center for Self-Governance, this is the secret sauce, and and so I want you to listen to this, write this stuff down, and uh, and we'll be right back with you. Hey, happy warriors! This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country. If that's you, and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter. But I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination in the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you've got to do something, but what is something? As I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a link there uh, for a center of self-governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like and sign up. And you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you. Super, super easy. And I can help arrange courses for you in the Northeast and elsewhere. you got to do it. You say, i got to do something. I want to do something. This is the something. This is the something really big. This is the secret sauce. you got to ask yourself some tough questions. Do you really have what it takes? Do you really have what it takes to help save this country? Do you really want to save the country? Have you given up already? Then here's the really, really tough question. Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this, Center for Self-Governance. It will be right there. You want to do something? This is your something. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Hey, uh... Welcome back. Thanks for listening to that. That is a secret sauce, I can tell you. I'm very involved with them, and I'll personally be doing some training uh, this go-around, too. So I'll be there. I'll have my books, sign books if you want to buy books or whatever, or throw eggs at me. I will not stand still, but uh, you can throw them if you like. Okay, so the left is upset over Benghazi, uh, the Benghazi committee. Um <sighs> The left is very – how do I say it? 
Oh, let me just say this. A buddy of mine just sent um, sent this to me. You guys need to know this. If you're anywhere between uh, like Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, November 10th, November 10th. Man, this is this is a great opportunity. Folks, this is right around the corner. You want to get fired up. Let me tell you something. You want to get fired up, Madison Rising, folks. The boys at Madison Rising. Um, Samuel Fishman, the drummer, has been on here. Dave Bray's been on several times. Um, AJ and Tom, phenomenal musicians. I mean, kind of get a whoop whoop. I mean, they're awesome. They're not just America's greatest patriotic rock band. They're one of the best rock bands. I mean, seriously, they really, really, really kill it. I, I really tell you, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I have it right here on my iTunes. Uh, maybe I'll play. Uh, they've given me permission to play whatever I want on here, so maybe I'll play you some stuff. Uh, but Madison Rising is going to play the Marine Corps Birthday um, Cookies Tavern, November 10th, Cookies Tavern. Uh, that's November 10th. That's 2654 South Alder Street. That is between 10th and 11th Street on Oregon Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's pretty awesome. You know, so let me just say, I don't, you know, how do I put this without being, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a groupie. Uh, but the dudes, the dudes at Madison Rising are, are awesome. There's just no two ways around it. They're awesome guys. They are phenomenal musicians. I mean, they shred. They shred. But anyway, so the left, so that's November 10th. And if you're Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, you know, Maryland's right there. Pennsylvania's right You know, they're all right there. Um, come on down. Check that. I mean, that's going to be worth seeing. Uh, but the left is upset. They're, they're always super careful about money uh, when it's some hearing is being held to investigate some wrong thing the left has done. They're, I mean, they're so fiscally careful when when you're when the money that's being spent is being spent on something that exposes them in some way. Oh, we can't spend that money. We got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Well, they're upset. I mean, they're they're fired up. They're really mad that the Benghazi committee. This is the left now. This isn't me. This is the left. The Benghazi committee has wasted, this is their word, not mine, $4 million. What interests me is they have no problem with Obama's $100,000 vacations. You know what I'm saying? No problem with that at all. Why is that? I'm asking you. Uh, you know, I don't have all the answers. Shoot. I just don't know. I mean, first of all, you understand that's not a made-up number, right? 100,000 or $100 million vacations. The Obamas have gone on at least $100 million worth of vacations. Count the golf. Count the stars that get flown in. Wined and dined at the at the White House, and you you're well over that. But just the vacations, hundred million dollars, over a hundred million dollars. 
Let me ask you leftist liberal weenies whining about how poor Hillary Clinton had to testify about Benghazi for 10 whole hours. 10 whole hours. That poor, poor lady. Well, she's got her bumped head. She's got her whatever problem is. Um, You know, I don't know what to tell you, folks. Sometimes I hear them say stuff, and I just can't believe it. But I need you to understand that us being blown away, there's something that I was just telling a friend of mine this. Um, seriously? Seriously? Uh, for real? I mean, are you for real right now? Are Seriously? Look, when we say stuff like that to people that are doing something just totally egregious, we do ourselves no favors. We don't do ourselves any favors at all. And the reason why is because... And this is just simple. People discount you when you sit there and you say, seriously? I mean, seriously? Are you serious right now? You know, Nobody pays any attention to that. That's the modern speak for I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to whine and walk away because I'm a wuss. So the liberal, the leftist liberal weenies whining about how poor Hillary Clinton had to testify in the, about Benghazi for 10 whole hours before Congress – I want to remind you that Hillary Clinton refused to send help to our special operations guys and our CIA operatives in Benghazi, Libya, for over eight hours. Now, what were they doing for that whole eight hours? What were they doing? I'll tell you what they were doing. They weren't sitting in a cushy chair with people feeding them lies to tell on national television. They weren't sitting there having people fill their water glass. No, These American heroes, they were fighting for their lives and for America, and they died in the process. They died a horrible death fighting. But the worst part of that is the truth about why they died was denied. The truth about the people in Benghazi, uh, it was blamed on a BS video. It's not even real. I mean, it was a real video, but come on. Ridiculous. Over their very American flag-draped caskets, Hillary Clinton and all of her minions lied about everything. Over the very caskets of those heroes, in front of their families, to their families, She lied and continues to lie. September 11th, folks, in a Muslim country, how in the world could Barack Obama, I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce his name, Barack Hussein Obama, tell me again how he and everyone underneath him with responsibility and accountability could allow 600 requests for increased security measures to go unanswered. Or, I'm sorry, not even go unanswered, denied. How does Ben Affleck, you know who he is, he's the actor guy. Ben Affleck, how does Ben Affleck have Hillary Clinton's personal email, her direct email, but Christopher Stevens the person she personally recruited for the job, he doesn't have it. Treason, perhaps? 
I want to say it's. I don't see how it couldn't be. Why is everybody? Let me ask you this: Why is everyone afraid to say treason? Because they say, you know, this is what I hear. Well, that's hyperbole. You know when it's not hyperbole? Say it with me. When it's true. When it's true, it's not hyperbole. Yeah, it's what they used to say about bragging. Remember that? Well, it's not bragging if it's true. It's not a conspiracy theory if it happened. Speaking of conspiracies, uh, the CNBC debate fallout, you know, not for nothing, but CNBC did a fact check story prior to the Republican debate. Did you know that the Democrats, uh, by the, they've never, uh, they've never done that before. By the way, CNBC, they've never done that a fact check. Did you know that the Democrats boycotted the 2007 debates on Fox News because they said they would be unfair? They wouldn't get a fair shake. I'm going to ask this question. Uh, you know, and and I want to be, I want to be fair to you guys, and not assume everybody is asking this question. But I'll tell you, everybody I talk to, every speech I give during the question and answer, because every speech I give, if the people that are hosting the speech, if they allow a Q uh, and A session, and you'll know this to be true, um, anybody that's been in a speech uh, with me. I do Q&A. I like to do it. I like to talk to the people. And like our politicians, many of them uh, who don't want to do town halls, who don't want to be in front of the people, who don't want to be accountable to the people. Um, I, myself, personally, I just like it. I like it. I like being connected with the people. One of the one of the hard parts, to, div- to divert just a little bit here, um, is... Well, I won't whine about that. It's it's one of the hard parts of radio and actually writing, by the way, as I mentioned, I write for the Minority Report blog. Just go to the minorityreportblog.com, type in in the search bar in the upper right, the ninja pastor with spaces in between. Just type it like normal people, like everybody else does, and I'll pop up. But uh, anyway... It's just difficult because you don't know. Sometimes you, you get a thing that you see. Um, by the way, one of my articles is trending there on the Minority Report blog right now. So uh, I'm going to talk about some of those a little bit later if we can get to it. But I, I, I know the question that people ask is whenever I'm in the Q&A, they say, especially if it's around a debate, why do conservatives insist on trusting the left, especially the media? Why do they do it? Why? Well, I'll tell you, a, a conservative who does not trust the media, who isn't afraid to call it like it is, who tells right to the face, hey, this is, these are facts here. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Ted Cruz with multiple mic drop moments during the debate and after. Now, I'm going to say, say what you want about him being a, a grandstander, a cowboy, all of those things. But you look how quickly the the folks 
I don't know. Um, I'm just looking here. I'm trying to pull this up. Uh, you know, I, I want to say that nobody except for Ted Cruz spoke up about the press being in the bag uh, for the left and, and really the ridiculous questions and all that stuff. Nobody else really piped up until Ted Cruz led the way. Now, people call him, as I said, people call him a cowboy. They call him, you know, he's, I don't know, a uh, grandstander. When you stand for 21 hours by yourself, and I want you to get this, when you stand for 21 hours by yourself fighting against Obamacare, and everything you said during those 21 hours was true, folks, that's not a grandstander, that's a stander. That's a person who decided who resolved and stood, and he's been doing that all along. I think that's pretty impressive. So once he stands up and says, hey, you know, come on, you, this is why nobody trusts the media. This is why. And then Marco Rubio talked about how, the, you know, the the press really is a, the left super PAC. It's true. But our guys would not have said any of those things um, had Senator Ted Cruz not led the way. And that's what he's done his whole life. He leads the way. He leads the way. We'll talk more about that in a second. By the way, I want to say, um, I really want to say my condolences to my buddy Brad Stein. Um, Brad's been on the show several times. He'll be on again. He's just been very, very busy. But Brad uh, made friends with Fred Thompson, Senator Fred Thompson, who's the actor, um, he was a senator for eight years, and he was an actor on, um, I can't remember that, Law and Order maybe it was? I don't know. It's uh, it's a shame because he was a conservative actor and really super nice guy. I know people like Brad who know him very, very well, and, and they all have glowing things to say about him. Well, unfortunately, he he um, he did pass away, 73 years old, uh, recurrence of lymphoma, and so he's the guy that does the um, he did the the uh, reverse mortgage commercials and things like that. Really, really stand up guy, really tall guy actually. Um, but um, I don't know. You know, it, it's a shame when that happens. It's a shame when anybody dies, really, unless they're bad guys. He clearly wasn't a bad guy. By the way, you know, people in seminaries all across America, they send me these hate grams because they say I say stuff that's counter to Scripture. They say, you know, you're supposed to speak of love and the warmth of God, the acceptance, the tolerance of Christ. And, and I think, well, what Bible are you reading? Um, you know, people that are trying to kill us, we kill. That's how that works. We pray for them. They change their ways before the bullet hits the brain, but we ventilate their cranium. That's how we do things here. Um, you know, ISIS and, 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 and uh, radical Islam, we ventilate their cranium. You know, they have plenty of time. Most of my rounds don't go any faster than, I don't know, the slowest one's 980 feet per second. The fastest one's 3,800 feet per second. So, hey, let's be fair. They have plenty of time to change their ways. 
to stop trying to kill me. That's how I do it. You know, they have time to turn their lives over to God. They have time to turn away from their moon God. Um, you know, I, we don't serve the same God. People are stupid. They, um, this guy on Facebook uh, engaged me in a debate this past weekend, and I had to laugh at him because, I, first of all, he was debating Hebrew things and um, just a bunch of stupid stuff, and, and he, uh, he he's just an idiot. There's a lot of idiots out there, even on the, the conservative side. There's fewer on the conservative side, but there's just a lot of idiots, and it, and it blows my mind how dumb they are. Well, this is the same guy who said that Ted Cruz uh, was for Obamacare, and I had to say, dude, what are you, what are you watching? You know, he, he filibustered for 21 hours against Obamacare. He spent much of his time to his personal personal cost and detriment to do this. What do you? And and the problem is these people vote. So there's an article. Again, I told you I wrote for, I write for the uh, the Minority Report blog, but I'm going to be sharing some stuff with you from some folks that you know are not me. Uh, and there's a headline on the Minority Report blog: This popular singer actually defends Carly Fiorina during the GOP debate. This is Andrew Spaulding. He wrote this on the 31st of October on Halloween. Young guy, by all appearances, I've not met him personally. In the liberal world of Hollywood, it's rare to find someone brave enough to defend conservatives. Luckily, there are conserv- co- celebrities like Donnie Wahlberg out there who don't give a hoot what liberal idiots think about them. He says, I need to look up Donnie Wahlberg and see what he's done. Oh, new kids on the block. I remember them vaguely. Check out what he said about Carly Fiorina during the debate. And then, dang, there are some liberal women who could certainly take a hint from Donnie. Um, it was a tweet. You go if you sign up for him. By the way, Donnie Wahlberg is one of the stars of the number one show on television called Blue Bloods. It's my favorite show. Uh, when I have time to watch television, that's a show that's a keeper. Uh, he co-stars with, among others, uh, Tom Selleck, the great Tom Selleck, also a conservative. How about that? All that said to say this, that Donnie Wahlberg uh, highlighted the fact that they were kind of making fun of uh, the CNBC people were saying that she's not really pro-woman. Let's see, she survived, I think, breast cancer and cervical cancer. Two different types of cancer this woman survived. And she's constantly fighting uh, for women to have, you know, better cancer treatment and all the different things. And so he, he took a step up and, uh, you know, they get hate mail. This is how that works. So I wrote an article. Um, the uh, headline is, Awesome, More Than 190 Actors Reject Hollywood Sign Letter to Support Israel. What does it mean? By the way, when you go to the, the Minority Report blog, um, dot com, look for The Ninja Pastor in the upper right, over to the right there. That's all you need to do is type in The Ninja Pastor, and boom, there I go. What does it mean when a list of... 190 Hollywood actors draft and support a uh, draft and sign a letter supporting Israel. It means a lot, but not what you might think. When when that many act, when that many actors come together, look, I'm reading my own article for Pete's sake. You know what? I must be. I must be tired. I must be tired. That's what I must be. Let's see here. All right. Let me give this another run. 
What does it mean when a list uh, – see, it's I write so complex. That's what it must be. What does it mean when a list of 190 Hollywood actors draft and sign a letter supporting Israel? It means a lot, but not what, what you might think. When that many actors come together to do exactly the opposite of what Hollyweird is known for doing, it sends a strong signal to the other actors that there is opposition within their own clan and that the label of liberal Israel-hating elite doesn't always fit. Uh, John Voigt, no surprise there. Sylvester Stallone, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Seth Rogen, this surprised me. Sarah Silverman, who I can't stand either one of those. But Maim uh, Bialik, by the way, she does have a uh, Ph.D., a real Ph.D. Uh, they signed it, and, and a lot more. Not... You know, people say, well, they're a bunch of washed up. Really, Sylvester Stallone, he he controls a huge chunk of Hollywood. I mean, he's very successful, and he backs a lot of things. He go where the money goes. Seth Rogen, you can't see he's, say he's washed up. Mian Bialik, she's in, Mian Bialik is in, in uh, what's that? The, the uh, I didn't think I would like it. I just, I can't remember what the uh, what the name of the show is, but it's, it's a show, and the guy goes, Bazinga. He says that a lot. They're they're all geniuses. Bazinga. I don't know what the heck it is. Anyway, um, you know, that's a top show. And one of the things they said, that I, I, I'll read you the, the brief petition. We, the undersigned, are saddened by the devastating loss of life endured by Israelis and Palestinians in Gaza. We are pained by the suffering on both sides of the conflict and hope for a solution that brings peace to the region. While we stand firm in our commitment to peace and justice, we must also stand firm against ideologies of hatred and genocide, which are reflected in in Hamas Charter Article 7, of which reads, There is a Jew hiding behind me. Come on and kill him. The son of a Hamas founder has also commented about the true nature of Hamas. Hamas cannot be allowed to rain rockets on Israeli cities, nor can it be allowed to hold its own people hostage. Hospitals are for healing, not for hiding weapons. Schools are for learning, not for launching missiles. Children are our hope, not our human shields. We join together in support of the democratic values we all cherish and in the hope that the healing and transformative power of the arts can be used to build bridges of peace. And the question is, is Hollywood becoming more conservative? That's doubtful. But at least we know there's a group of solid pro-West, anti-Hamas actors willing to speak out and voice their support of Israel's war against terrorists. Now, let me let me just read to you what I wrote. I'm, a, I'm privileged to be a member of a very small and very exclusive think tank, which is the members list is also very secret. Why? Because many of the members of this august band of folks far smarter than me, work in Hollywood and New York City, and they work in the entertainment industry. In their conservative worldview, if their conservative worldview... I'm having trouble reading my own words, people. I'm too smart for me. No, not even close. If their conservative worldview got out to their claim to be tolerant but aren't remotely tolerant of conservatives' colleagues, they would be out of work forever. You could say that many on the list of 190 are washed-up actors, and they're simply trying to desperately cling bitterly to the fading limelight. You'd be wrong. Many on this list finance many of the biggest hits in entertainment. Many of them hold great sway over casting 
and other meaningful decisions, meaningful only to Hollywood elites. Few are conservative, but many are awakening to the truth. Voting with your dollars is an effective way to get your point across. Remember that when you're choosing a movie to take out a home equity loan to afford to attend with your family. I wrote that. See that? So uh, one of my buddies just sent me. Let's just see here. Let's go right to this. Pull this up. This is worth reading. Reported on Sunday, Al-Qaeda leader in new recording, those who support Israel should pay in their blood. In a recording released Sunday, Al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri called upon the Muslim extremists to unite to liberate Jerusalem and to launch attacks against the West. Well, isn't that something? You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know what to tell you, you know. I don't know what to tell you. At some point, well, I do know what to tell you. That's why I have a radio show. At some point, folks, we have to hold our political leaders accountable when they say, that's not all of Islam. Big Bang Theory. Thank you, Craig. Big Bang Theory. That's what Mian Bialik is in. Big Bang Theory. The number one comedy uh, shows on television. Big Bang Theory. I, I remember that now. Bazinga. I do an imitation of that guy, but I'm not going to do it here. Um, I usually have to wait till folks are stuffing dollar bills in my shorts. Not really. I'm just kidding. I don't really do that. I only take fives and tens. But uh, anyway, it, it, look, when the left says something, believe them. When Islam says something, believe it. When ISIS says something, believe it. When Iran says something, believe it. When Russia, Russia says something, believe it. Just believe it. Just believe it. Because they're trying to kill you, folks. <laughs> the left cracks me up, you know. It, it's um, it, it, it's pitiful is what it is. But think about this. The left uh, amazes me because they defend Islam and Muslims in general. But also, you know, they don't want us to go and kill ISIS. They think, you know, they're so evolved, they're just going to go talk to them. They're going to be the first to die. And that's what cracks me up. You know, my buddy Steve puts it well. He says, we won't be afraid of people threatening us. They should be afraid of our action. They're hoping fear will stop us from acting. You know what Ronald Reagan um Jimmy Carter, how many, what was it, 400 and some days our hostages were hostages in Iran, the end of the Jimmy Carter administration? The last year or so, let's put it that way. The day Ronald Reagan was inaugurated, we got our people back. You know why? 
Because when Ronald Reagan says, I'm going to bomb you to glass, I don't care about ancillary damage. I don't care about the women and children that are going to be turned to glass. I don't care. I'm going to bomb your country into non-existence. You have 24 hours. They knew he wasn't kidding. And they blinked. And they blinked. Hang with me. I'll be right back. We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages. Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes and your smartphone and, and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. Listen, you don't have to let this happen to you. Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be to second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. Secondcalldefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20 630. That's the Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up. You, you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show uh, to follow the show. But there's links on there. Once you do that or on that page, there's a link there. And that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in. And once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they, they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there. Trust me. I've researched it all. Join today. This has to do with what we're getting ready to talk about. What happened to that? 
unite us one and all. Cause we are more divided now why Dr. King would be appalled. If you don't agree with their policies or what they have to say, well, nine times out of ten, my friend, the racist cards they'll play. Racist, racist, racist is the word. If you want to hit the news, why better stick that in your blurb? This song will get two million hits. It's sad, but it is true. Cause folks will watch it on YouTube and say it's racist through and through. Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Hey, thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming back. Appreciate y'all hanging in there. 444 days, folks. That's how long under... President Jimmy Carter, the second most feckless, worthless guy ever to hold the office. I mean, really, really despicable. People say, well, he's such a nice guy. We don't hire guys to be president because they're nice guys. And you know what? Anti-Israel policies, I don't think, are nice at all. And that guy is anti-Israel. And he ought to know better because he's a Sunday school teacher, but apparently he doesn't. So I, I played Kay Rivoli, Kay and Ron Rivoli of the Rivoli Review. Go check them out. They're awesome. They're absolutely, seriously, not all their songs are, um, like, they do some really powerful stuff, stuff that'll make you cry. I mean, whew, man, they're good. They're really, really good. Um, but this song I thought really fit, and, and she has given me permission. Kay has given me, she's a friend of mine, given me permission to play their music as it fits, and 
So patronize them. Go to their website and theRivoliReview.com and and check them out. They're true patriots. So an, uh, another article that was written uh, on the Minority Report blog wasn't written by me. Tricia Cunningham wrote this on November first, and I know this guy by the way, Mike Rowe, our favorite Dirty Jobs star, Mike Rowe, was recently asked what his take on MSNBC's. I don't even know why they even call them like a a real news thing because they're really not. Um, actually, let me just say this. Well, should I say it? Uh, you know, we anybody, anybody, anybody who is a conservative, anybody who's conservative, if you tune in to CNBC, MSNBC, or CNN. I just I can't don't know that I can help you. I just I'm not sure I can help you. But anyway, so Dirty Jobs star and uh, somebody's got to do it is his new show on CNN. I do DVR that and I watch that. That's it. Uh, just because of him, Mike Rowe, conservative, uh, very libertarian, uh, but a conservative, and he. Uh, he was asked by the, you know, MSNBC's Melissa Harris Perry's recent comments about being offended by the phrase "hard worker," and here's his reply. I'm just going to give it to you verbatim. Melissa Harris Perry appears to be put off by the suggestion that hard work is too often linked with success. She doesn't like the fact that many hardworking individuals have not enjoyed the same measure of success as Speaker Ryan, who is being acknowledged on her show for his excellent work ethic. Here is her response in her own words. Harris Perry says, I want us to be super careful when we use the language hard worker. I actually keep an image of folks working in cotton fields on my office wall because it's a reminder about what hard work really looks like. But in the context of relative privilege, when you talk about work-life balance, the moms who don't have health care aren't called hard workers. We call them failures. We call them people who... I'm sorry. I These are real people with real jobs on television. If somebody interviewed her and said, "Yeah. We'll hire her. Why not?" She's she's great. She's so smart. <laughs> sorry. We call them <laughs> we call them failures. We call them people who are sucking off the system. To me, it sounds as though Melissa is displaying. This is back to uh, back to Mike Rowe. To me, it sounds as though Melissa is displaying images of slavery or drudgery in her office to remind herself of what hard work really and truly looks like. That's a bit like hanging images of rape and bondage to better illustrate the true nature of human sexuality. Whatever her logic might be, it's difficult to respond without first pointing out a few things that most people will find screamingly obvious. So let's do that. First of all, slavery is not hard work. It's forced labor. There's a big difference. Likewise, slaves are not workers. They are, by definition, property. They have no freedom, no hope, and no rights. Yes, they work hard, obviously. But there can be no work ethic among slaves because the slave has no choice in the matter. 
Workers, on the other hand, have free will. They are free to work as hard as they wish or not. The choice is theirs. And their decision is to work hard is not a function of compliance or coercion. It's a reflection of character and ambition. This business of conflating hard work with forced labor not only minimizes the importance of a decent work ethic, it diminishes the unspeakable horror of slavery. Unfortunately, people do this all the time. We routinely describe bosses as slave drivers and paychecks as slaves' wages. Melissa, though, has come at it from the other side. She's suggesting that because certain hard workers are not as prosperous as other hard workers, like the people on her office wall, we should all be super careful about overly praising hard work. I suspect this is because Melissa believes, as do many others, that success today is mostly a function of what she calls relative privilege. This is fancy talk for the simple fact that life is unfair and some people are born with more advantages than others. It's also a fine way to prepare the unsuspecting viewer for the extraordinary suggestion that slavery is proof positive that hard work doesn't pay off. Obviously, I don't see the world the, the same way as Melissa but we do have something in common. Like her, I keep a picture on my office wall. That's me. Then there's a picture in the article. Squatting next to the most disappointing toilet I've ever encountered. Preparing to clean it out with a garden trowel. I keep it there to remind me of what happens when you need a plumber but can't find one. It's also a nice reminder that a good plumber these days has a hell of a lot more job security than the average news anchor. With respect, Mike Rowe. And the author, uh, the Minority Report blog author here uh, goes on to say, Tricia Cunningham, excellent writer, uh, goes on to say, it seems as anything and everything we say or do anymore is under attack for being offensive. It's downright ridiculous. You cannot fly a flag, pray in public, speak your mind, or breathe without offending the opposite-minded. I have two words for anyone who wants to tread on my beliefs. Move on. When hard work, when hard workers becomes offensive, it just proves how entitled and lazy our leftist liberals have become. Move on. The hardest worker are our military men and women and their families. God bless our troops. If you find that offensive, move on. Boy, folks, I wish you were here to see this beautiful sunset that's happening here on the East Coast. The fall... Uh, the autumn colors, the, the the bright greens, oh, my goodness, it's so pretty. I'm telling you, it just takes my breath away. I just turned to the right and looked out my studio window, and boom, there it is. There it is. Just so beautiful. Wish you could see that. I just, uh, I don't know, folks, but God sure to do a good job. You did a beautiful job. We're the ones that mess everything up. You know that, right? <sighs> Mike Rose got it right, and this author, Tricia Cunningham's got it right. It just makes sense, folks. It just makes sense. Everything. I, I talked about this last week. I think it was last week on Monday's show. Uh, Co-opting of the language, the vernacular. Vernacular are the words that we use in our lives. Tricia says here, it seems anything and everything we say or do is under attack anymore for being offensive. It's downright ridiculous. You can't fly a flag, pray in public, speak your mind, breathe without offending the opposite money. Let me say this. Here's, 
they're not going to move on. I I get why you said that, and it's an excellent line. It has a really good, really good hook to it. But they're not going to move on. We have to move them on. We have to stand there and stare them in the eye. You know why the Christian bakers? You know why they had to pay all this money? Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Because they didn't have to. The the people coming after them didn't have to go through an army of conservatives saying no no no. No, no, no. You're not gonna you're not gonna do this to these good people. You're not gonna do it. They're not hateful people, they're very nice people. They're not making they're not condemning your lifestyle, they're very super nice people. You know why cops get fired for thumping a bratty I won't go on, punk kid in school when nobody else could deal with this kid? When she when she takes it and hits the guy, hits the police officer that's there to keep the school safe? You know why that happens? Because that police officer is there when instead of the police officer, there aren't hundreds of parents saying, you're not going to turn my school into a war zone. You better behave. You better act like you know. You better act like you've grown. Folks, literally a watercolor painting outside my window. Absolutely stunning. I wish you all could see it. I, I, I would take a picture of it and... If I could do it justice, but I only have my iPhone. By the way, there's a lot of my photography on uh, my Facebook page and God and Country Radio, but more on the Facebook page. But I have literally uh, 6,000 images, I think it is. So go and enjoy. <coughs> Excuse me. But the reason why, the reason why, you know, I always talk about uh, Center for Self-Governance. I always talk about them. And I I want you to understand that I don't get a penny from them. And really, neither do they. These are people who put it all in line. That is the secret sauce. I talk about it all the time because it works. That's one, that's one aspect of how we get our country back. <laughs> Seems like I, I've drank uh, today. I'm working on my fourth 33.8-ounce uh, bottle of water. And I'm still dry. How's that happen? Ugh. Good stuff. Good water. Good water. So <clears throat> the reason why, folks, is is simply this. And and you need to understand this. This is I you know, I I don't want to put things so simply that I I put myself out of work. But I don't get paid for this job, so <laughs> yeah, some somebody said MoveOn.org. Remember that one, MoveOn.org? You know? This, uh, golly, this is captivating. It really is. Some of the most beautiful color I think you could ever see uh, ever in your life. Just really beautiful. Uh, anyhow, all that said, by the way, my buddy Bob, Philly Bob, latest Republican 2016 Presidential poll, Ted Cruz now vaulting into double-digit support and third place overall after debate. Man, he's the freaking man. The freaking man. He's got my vote. I'm telling you right now. Got my vote. Anyway, the reason why, I'll just explain to you the reason why. I will make it simple. The reason why is because, the reason why we're having to deal with articles like this, and Mike Rowe has to speak up, and Melissa Harris-Perry, the reason she has... Any voice 
at all. Any. At all. Any microphone in front of her face, her racist face, is because we allow it. This police officer, (coughs) pardon me, the students, did a walkout. You know where the police officer, you've seen the video. You've you've seen only one-fourth of the video, by the way. I need you to understand that there are three other parts to the video. And it's very, very important that you watch all of it. But the fact that uh, that we are, we watch a little tiny clip and we make a decision. Having done the job of police officer, I can tell you, even with video, it isn't always what it looks like. There's a video circling the Internet now where uh, two undercover guys, one's coming one direction around a corner, the other one's, and they're driving this bad guy who had just engaged in a uh, armed robbery and shot and killed people. Um, you can hear him yelling, "Drop the gun! Drop the gun! Drop the gun!" And then the 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 guy drops the gun, and the guy behind him, coming the other direction, starts firing at him. And you don't realize they're like, you know, this circulated the internet for a long time. As evidence that cops are just out there killing people. They just want to kill people because they get a free toaster. You watch the video further and you see that he was pulling another gun from behind his back. He was going to lead the police officer into believing that he was safe and then he was going to kill him and try to get away. What you see on video isn't always the case. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've I've walked the walk. I wasn't super cop, and I didn't do it forever, but a lot of my good buddies did and were super cops, and I can tell you that they'll be the first to tell you that video doesn't tell the whole story. Trust me when I tell you. But this police officer lost his job, and the reason he lost his job is because we don't stand up and go stand by the thousands at that police station like the Black Lives Matter crowd does. Like the people in Ferguson saying, no, we won't. We're not going to have that. You better put him back to work. Okay, you don't put him back in the school. Consider that school a lost cause because the, the teacher couldn't control the student. The the vice principal couldn't control the student. The principal couldn't control the student. The intensive learning center person couldn't control the student. And now you've sent the police officer, and a police officer has the power of arrest. That's what makes it different. Goes in and says, put your phone down and go outside. And she takes a swing at him, hits him, and he says, well, it's not how we roll. And he thought he was going to have support by the American public. Guess what? He didn't. He didn't. And now he doesn't have a job. Remember the officer in Ferguson the whole meme was, he, oh, he just shot him. He just killed him. He, hands up. Don't shoot. Hands up. Don't shoot. But what really happened? What we know now, he's in the, he was in the process of dying. He was trying to take the gun away from Officer Wilson. Guess what? Officer Wilson still doesn't have a job. Lost his home. Has no idea. Has no idea how he's going to make ends meet. Can't go anywhere. Gets death threats everywhere. You know why people like Officer Darren Wilson lose their jobs? 
I'll tell you why. Because we the people sit safely in our homes and go, well, it's not me, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to go stand at that police station. I'm not going to go, you know, they'll go clog the uh, the, the uh, county council or the city council meetings, and they'll say, we demand, <coughs> excuse me, the, uh, the, the people doing the, uh, like the schools, you know, they complain about something that happens in schools. They'll go and they'll, the one meeting they'll go to is the one they're going to complain about something. Why don't we fill the school offices? Why don't why don't we fill the principal's office? Why aren't there thousands of people there? When conservative or right or just things don't happen when they should. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it, folks? Because we hold up in our houses, we go to rallies when we're sure we're going to be around people. That one of the things is, my buddy Philly Bob. One of the things he does is he has this truck and he has these giant speakers and all these stickers and everything on his and signs on his truck, and he'll drive through the worst places in Philadelphia and he'll blast the truth about Barack Obama. He did it during the election season. People say you're nuts. Now he's not nuts. He's just fed up. My buddy Steve says we expect everyone to handle our problems while we gluttonously devour our own selfish concerns. Man, that is so well put. It's so true. It's so true. We would rather stay in our homes. We would rather do our things instead of going and getting in the face of a politician and saying, no, 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 not happening that way. So you better slow down, slam dancer. Not going to happen. Do you know why Ted Cruz has to stand alone? Because no one has the balls to stand behind the guy. He's speaking the truth. He's stepping up. He's doing something. He's risking something. I firmly believe that any of the, even even Chris Christie and Donald Trump, any of them are a far sight better than Barack Hussein Obama, and they are certainly a far sight better than the murdering Hillary Rodham Clinton. Absolutely. Or any of the other people that are running on on the left. Any of them. But I believe fully that Ted Cruz, he's our next Reagan. He's our next George Washington. And we've got to do everything we can. We can't talk about it. We've got to do everything to get this man elected. I'm, I'm telling you, that's what I believe. But you know we don't get behind. We don't get behind our military. We say we look. We say we say that we support our military. We support our troops. We put a bumper sticker on our vehicle. But when it comes to stuffing boxes with stuff that they need, which frankly they should never have to be sent because our own government should be doing this. And I have to ask my friend Karen Vaughn or or uh, Debbie Lee or Charlie Strange, any of the gold stars um, that I'm privileged to be friends with. Does the government pay for you, the United States government, do they pay for you to fly to Dover? Do they fly you to Dover so that you can be there when, you're, uh, when your uh, family member, your soldier, comes home in a flag drip? 
Is is this? Do we pay for that? I'd like if any of you are listening, if you could text me because I know you all have my personal number. If you could let me know, do do does the government pay for that? Because I'm going to tell you. Uh, Man, I hope they tell me that they do. I hope they tell me that they do. Because if they don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off. I will go off. You see, you, you need to understand this. You need to understand this. We cannot sit idly by. We cannot say, well, Christians have done this for years. By the way, thank you to everybody that sent me those encouraging notes last week and this week from last week, last Monday. Listen, go on. If you know somebody that's struggling with fear or anxiety, go on the blog talk radio. Go on the the uh, the dot com and send them last Monday's uh, message radio show. Send them that because so many of you have said, "Man, that really made a difference in my life," and I'm so thankful that it did. I really, really am, and that that means a lot to me. It would take the time to send me those messages. See, that's doing something. That's not just saying. Well, I showed it. I was so blessed by that. But well, you don't forward it. That's how we grow. That's how we grow. Here's the thing, folks. You know, until we step up and say, no more, we're not going to stand for it. Until we inconvenience ourselves to go stand and, and get in the faces of some politician who, who, you know, who are they, really? And say, nope, not going to stand for it. Not going to stand for it. And we mean it. 444 days under President Jimmy Carter, not one day, not even a whole day into the into the, the uh, tenure of President Ronald Reagan did those hostages remain. I'm here to tell you, folks, because he meant business. My friend Sonia, uh, I want to say Bocow or Bacow. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, B-O-C-H-O-W. I just call her Sonia. Um, She also writes for the Minority Report blog, and on November 1st, she wrote a piece, Donald Trump Explains Why Obama Hates Israel. The left is all about calling everyone out on racism, except when it comes to Obama. He gets a pass on his evident disdain for Israel, her leaders, and her people. What do you think of our president's history when it comes to the Jewish nation? Read on to see what Donald Trump thinks of it. Trump says, so many friends in Israel, they don't know what happened. They have a president who they think Obama hates Israel, and I think he does. Then he goes on to criticize the Iran deal. The people on CNN seem dumbfounded by this declaration, but once again, Trump is saying something that's true and no one else is willing to acknowledge. Why is it difficult to believe that Obama doesn't like Israel? He sat in Jeremiah Wright's anti-Semitic church for years. He's been repeatedly disrespectful to the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and his awful Iran deal is terrible for Iran for Israel's security. What is so hard for CNN to understand here? When it comes to understanding of how... Our leader's attitude is viewed by Israelis, Trump says, to ask Israelis, not the American left. And apparently he did ask them, and the answer is shameful. Israel's one of the only true democracies in the Middle East. And in comparison to the rest of that region, they are a tiny David surrounded by Goliaths who want them gone. 
It seems Obama only sides with the underdog when it suits his political purposes. Steve, my buddy Steve, said back about the 15th minute after uh, five, he said, then we think that people, we think people have not handed, handled things how they should. Let me read that again. Then we think that people have not handled things how they should have the only time we act is when personal gain is involved. Isn't that something? Barack Obama only sides with the underdog when it suits his political purposes. You understand what I'm saying here? We've got a traitor for president. One of my other friends and good personal friend, uh, M.G. Sherman, student who saw a cop slam black girl, reveals massive detail media refuses to report. This is in the Minority Report blog, uh, October 31st, 2015. Did the cop really assault the Spring Valley student, or is there more? This eyewitness has a whole different story than what we've been hearing. An anonymous Spring Valley High School student brought liberal race baiters to their knees this week when he argued that the unidentified black girl who was seen being ripped from her seat and dragged across the floor by Richland County Deputy Ben Fields was as much to blame as him. In the video, it was very shocking to see what was hap- how that was happening. But I honestly think that it was a two-way thing, and the officer was wrong, but also the girl was wrong, the student told WLTX. They are a higher power. At least you could, The least you could do is respect them and follow orders. The incident began, mon- began Monday in Columbia, South Carolina, after the black girl refused to turn over to a teacher a cell phone she was using in class. She was using in class. To re- she's refusing to... T- I want you to understand this. Now, let me say this again. The incident began, the whole start of this, Monday in Columbia, South Carolina, after the black girl refused to turn over to a teacher a cell phone she was using in class and then refused to leave the classroom. She refused to leave the classroom. Now, after everything else uh, was tried, Fields, the police officer, was called in to assist, which all the, all the uh, students love him. The teachers love him. Very, very love. Fields was called in to assist, and after the girl refused to comply with his orders, he took action. Two videos of the incident soon flooded social media, leading liberal race baiters to scream, Racism! Richland County Sheriff Leon Lott. They were screaming this. They wanted him to fire Fields. But then the same anonymous student uploaded a third video of the incident to Instagram. And this one showed the girl hitting Officer Fields. Not that it mattered to either liberals or Sheriff Lott, because he's still fired. According to the student, the whole incident could have been prevented if his female classmate would have simply followed orders. She even she was even told by the students to leave when the administrator came in. He explained, we tried to put our input in just to help her. He adds, Fields was really just trying to do his job. And yet because of the type of racial grievance mongering, the perpetually aggrieved, I call it, made popular by President Barack Hussein Obama, Fields was apparently fired for doing just that, his job. This student has the real story. The cop didn't assault the girl. The girl resisted and attacked the cop. The authority ignoring students should be charged with resisting arrest and assaulting a police officer. Because that's what she did. But in the end, it comes down to her pure immaturity and lack of respect, which her parents obviously never taught her to respect. 
you see, you see, I, I say to you, you know, don't watch the one video and make assumptions. Don't don't make assumptions. Because you just don't know. But I'm telling you, something seriously is wrong with American society if this happens and there aren't thousands of parents beating feet to the door of that school, to the the principal's office, to the sheriff's office, to say, hey, no, no, no. Oh, no, you didn't. And mean it. So what is wrong with American society? Bruce... Caitlyn Jenner, named Woman of the Year. My friend M.G. Sherman has another article that she posted uh, on October 31st. Who is the real Woman of the Year? This Marine knows, and it's definitely not Caitlyn Jenner. This year we saw famous former Olympic champion Bruce Jenner transform himself into a woman named Caitlyn. Now he's been named Woman of the Year, despite a few reasons why he's obviously disqualified. He was given the award for supposed bravery. But there's nothing brave about that sort of illness. Instead, true bravery is shown by the men and women in the United States military who risk their lives every day for our freedom. While Bruce Jenner doesn't deserve awards, our troops do. One Marine is too humble to speak about her own service, but her actions speak for First Lieutenant Rebecca Turpin a brave Marine who was awarded the Navy and Marine Cross Commendation Medal with a Combat V device on it. Her convoy was under heavy fire in a small village, but Turpin continued the mission and called in Cobra helicopters for backup, even though her group hit multiple IEDs. Her bravery kept the men she was leading alive. The dangerous mission was completed. First Lieutenant Rebecca Turpin is the type of hero should be the woman of the year. Don't you agree? Is this what our nation has come to? Bruce Jenner should never have been given this award since he isn't even a woman. Just a mentally dysfunctional man. And no amount of surgery can change that. Lieutenant Turpin, she's the real woman of the year. She's brave. She's heroic. And guess what? She's actually a woman. Who would have thought? I wrote an article uh, talking about the black sheriff says liberals whore themselves for the the African-American vote. Let me say that again. Black sheriff from Wisconsin says liberals whore themselves. (laughs) My buddy Steve, I nominate my cat for the dog of the year. Amen, brother. Black sheriff says liberals whore themselves for the African-American vote. Though his fellow black community tends to shun him and his conservative pro-gun self-reliance anti-entitlement mentality, this black sheriff tells it just exactly like it is. Why isn't the black community as a whole picking up what this successful role model is putting down? Why do rappers and thugs gain the favor and emulation of the black community while contributing nothing to the black community? This is Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark. You've seen him all over. He wasn't impressed by Democrats in their first pro- presidential primary debate. In particular, Sheriff Clark took exception to the way Democrats handled the all lives matter question. It was a pathetic display, Clark said on Wednesday's Hannity. It was a plantation politics in its finest hour. The continued enslavement of black people emotionally by the Democrat Party with this destructive liberal ideology. As we reported, four out of five Democratic candidates refused to say all lives matter at Tuesday's debate. They're whoring for votes, Clark continued. The liberal ideology has been very destructive in the black community for the last 50 or 60 years. Poverty is now generational. It's a lifestyle. 
Unemployment is obscene. They have to send their kids to failing public schools. Drugs and alcohol addiction. Neighborhoods that are crumbling, all under Democrat control. Fox News political analyst, who I, I can't stand, but they say they're at Fox. I know people that work with him, and they say they, they love the guy, but politically he's just he's brain dead. Juan Williams agreed that the candidate's inability to say all lives matter was a case of pandering, but he claimed the reason was political. I want to talk about plantation politics. This is the Democrat Party plan for the black community. Keep them enslaved in the alley. And you need to understand that this is real. This is not me making this up. This is real. Keep them enslaved in the ideology that perpetuates their decline and wrecks their opportunity to have full and productive lives within society. The Santa Democrat Party. This is my new nickname. Hashtag Santa Democrat. Because at that, at that thing, it was like they were running for Santa. It's like they run for Santa Claus at the Democrat debate. It demonstrates just how fully bought in the professional enslavement politicians are to the entitlement whoring of the working American people's generosity. The black community is dying day by day because 82% of black babies never survive the womb in black communities. Yet the black community refuses to talk about that staggering fact. Perhaps the greatest enemy of the black community is actually the pandering politician who promotes the enslavement and abortive ideology that is killing all hope within the black community. As far as I'm concerned, the sheriff is a hero, my hero. Again, you can read my articles there at the minorityreportblog.com and then go up the search bar, type in The Ninja Pastor. And uh, hopefully, please, I've written 39 articles, I think, as of today. 39 articles. And as you can see, I don't pull punches. So, yeah, there's that. My buddy Jerry, Jerry from Pennsylvania. Jerry sends me some of the uh, most intense stuff, um, and and it's good stuff. And one of the things he sent me was, is this a preview of World War III? What's going on now? Russia's putting on a display of firepower that's shocking the world. The Russians have unleashed their own version of shock and awe in Syria. And the brutal efficiency of their airstrikes against ISIS targets has stunned many observers around the globe. For more than a year, the Obama administration has claimed that its bombing campaign in Syria has been a success. And yet ISIS has continued to grow stronger and gain more territory. But now, just over a few days, the tide of the conflict appears to have turned. The whole world has gotten a chance to see what a global superpower can truly do to a bunch of radical Islamic terrorists when it is focused and determined. The images that we have seen of hardened ISIS command centers being wiped off the face of the map by Russian bombs are truly impressive. But why did those targets still exist in the first place? Was the U.S. military unable to identify them previously, or could it be possible that the Obama administration did not want to hit them? I want to ask you really quickly, folks, have you considered the fact? Have you considered the fact? Again, this is real. This is not me making this up. Have you considered the fact that maybe Barack Hussein Obama doesn't want to bomb actual targets? That he's willing to throw away hundreds of millions of dollars in armament that we provide and risk our pilots and our ground crews and he's not actually trying to hit anything? What we do know is that a state of panic has been created among ISIS militants that we have not seen 
previously. There are reports of hundreds of terrorists abandoning their positions and trying to flee the country. Russian airstrikes Saturday targeting the Islamic State group in Syria have sown panic, forcing some 600 militants to abandon their positions and head to Europe. Moscow claimed. Summing up the results of Russia's first three days of strikes, a senior official with the general staff said Russian jets had made more than 60 sorties over 50 Islamic State targets and added that Russia would ramp up its aerial campaign. Our intelligence shows that militants are leaving areas under their control. Panic and desertion have started in their ranks. General, Colonel General Andrei Kartopolov, a senior Russian general staff official, said in a statement. Some 600 mercenaries have abandoned their positions and are trying to find their way into Europe, Kartopolov said. Now, <coughs> I want you to think about what I just said, trying to find their way into Europe. You get that, right? Do you get that? You Do you get what they're saying here? Find their way into Europe. Have you noticed the images on television of all the poor refugees, you know, of the military age? by the tens of thousands into Europe, and then what do they do when they get there? They destroy the place. Invited invasion, immigration jihad. Eric Stackelbeck says that. He was on this show, and he used the term immigration jihad. That's when they use our own policies, our own kindness, our own goodness, our own softness against us. One of our great uh, people in uh, chat, I live in Dearborn, Michigan. Some will come here. And it's sad because, you know, the joke is it's called Dearbornistan. And I wonder, is it really as bad there as, as we hear? I've, I know people that have been there, and they say it's incredible. Can't believe it. Back to the article. You witness, uh, you can witness footage, video footage from some of these bombings right here and right here. And there's links to it. It's a WND article. In recent years, the Russian military has been rapidly modernized, and now they're displaying their might for all the world to see. The following is how one particular attack was described in the Daily Mail. The sound of the rocket was extremely frightening. Then a huge explosion, huge explosion happened in front of my eyes. I've never seen anything like it before in Tbilisi. The scale was far worse than anything the Syrians have done. The destruction was huge and horrible. Buildings were just completely destroyed, and streets disappeared under clouds of dust and rubble as the walls fell. These Russian airstrikes were intended to pave the way for ground assaults by Syrian and Iranian troops. If ISIS begins to lose a lot of territory inside Syria in the coming weeks, a lot of people are going to have some very serious questions regarding why previous United States attempts were seemingly so unsuccessful. Now, let me say this. I want to be clear here. I want to be clear. I'm not throwing rocks at our American airmen or our special forces that lays the targets. I'm not throwing rocks at all. Not at all. They're they're doing their job. They're trying the best that they can to work within a, just a ridiculous and absolutely ridiculous rules of engagement.
article goes on to say. Now, obviously, one must consider the source here, but Kremlin's spin tactics aside, one cannot help but be amazed at the pace at which this is apparently unfolding. If any of the above is even close to accurate, it means that Russia is on schedule to declare victory over ISIS and everyone else, it looks like, in a matter of weeks, which would not only be extremely embarrassing for Washington, but would also effectively prove that the United States has never truly embarked on an honest effort to rid Syria of the extremist groups the Western media claims are the scourge of humanity. Inside Russia, these airstrikes are proving to be extremely popular. Unlike the war-weary United States public, Russian citizens are relishing the opportunity to be proud of their military, and Russian media outlets are loudly trumpeting the efficiency of these airstrikes. Channel 1's evening news program on Saturday opened with the dramatic cockpit videos of Russian jets making what were described as direct hits on terrorist training camps and weapons stores. The bombs were never off by more than five meters, a military spokesman said, because of the jet's advanced targeting capabilities. One popular Russian commentator even suggested that what's going on in Syria shows that in contrast to Barack Obama, Vladimir Putin is a real man. Let me say this. By the way, Yulia Latinina is one of my favorite um, of any nationality, one of my very favorite journalists. Truly one of the best interviewers I've ever seen in my life. For real deal. Yulia Latinina, Latinina said that Russia wants to see the destruction of the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, ISIS. Only this will allow Putin to, to achieve the desired result, to show Obama how he, Putin, a real man, succeeded where Obama was disgraced. She said in her program Saturday night, on Echo Moskvi Radio. She's also on Russia Today. Absolutely phenomenal. Really, really a phenomenal interviewer. I had to smile when I first read that. Without a doubt, the entire episode is making Obama, the entire Obama administration, look rather pathetic. For weeks, Obama seemed to have little idea what the Russians intended to do in Syria. And now that the Russians are bombing the living daylights out of ISIS, the best that Obama can do is whine loudly about it. The Russians appear to be succeeding where Obama failed, and this has put the United States government in a very precarious position in the Middle East. After seeing the Russians have such success inside Syria, the president of Iraq is now considering asking the Russians to conduct a similar campaign inside his own nation, which now has happened. One day after launching a campaign of airstrikes in Syria, Russia announced that it was considering going into Iraq. A foreign ministry representative said Thursday that Russia would consider any request from Iraq to conduct anti-ISIS airstrikes in the country. And Iraqi President Haider al-Abadi told Western news outlets that Russian airstrikes were a possibility and that Iraq would welcome it. You know what I bet? I bet that uh, they would... I, I bet that this is my guess here. This is just my guess here. That they wouldn't leave without at least cheaper fuel, at least without cheaper oil. They're going to make a deal. Hey, tell you what. We're going to do this for you, but you're going to give us free or cheap oil for the next 10 years. How about that? Okay. Did we do that? No. We left our blood and treasure there. We're left with nothing. Of course, the truth is the United States could have dealt a decisive blow to ISIS long ago if it truly wanted to. The Obama administration was hoping that some combination of ISIS and other terror groups would ultimately topple Assad and bring about regime change in Syria. Now, that appears very unlikely to happen, and the Russians have greatly strengthened their hand in the Middle East. So what will Obama's next move be? Nobody knows for sure. 
but it most certainly will be the wrong one. Do you you understand what I'm saying here, folks? Do you understand what I'm saying here and what this article is saying? The president is too busy out golfing. He's too busy going on $100 million worth of vacations. I mean, what's going on in the United States? What is wrong with America that we wouldn't go en masse to the gates of the very White House and say we won't stand for it and start impeaching these people? What is wrong with America? I wrote an article, I think it was today, I think it came out today, yeah, November 2nd, um, on the Mon- Minority Report blog. What? Democrat Congresswoman says Obama's working hand-in-hand with ISIS? This is a Democrat from Hawaii. Can you believe it? Even a liberal Democrat knows when we have a treasonous president who is exposing us to utter ruin at the hands of our enemies. Hussein Obama does this by pretending our enemy is not the enemy this this uh person um democrat congresswoman gabbard tulsi gabbard she's from hawaii very liberal place she's also the vice chair of the democrat national committee she called obama crazy on um bill Maher. i i can't don't care for the guy i'll tell you the truth i, I just don't care for the guy but sometimes he, he gets to the point. But even this Democrat, vice chair of the Democrat National Committee, said that it's a serious problem when the nation sends troops into harm's way when you have not clearly identified and delineated what the mission is. Even a broken clock, I go on to say, even a broken clock is right twice a day. The question is, what is the rest of the left doing? to stem the tide of this treasonous president. Perhaps the most pressing concern is this, just how many treasonous representatives do we have in Washington, D.C.? Look, this is no joke. ISIS is coming. ISIS is here. Imagine if this was 20 years ago. We the people would have long since taken action. And I end the article with this. Have you ever asked yourself, what is stopping us? What is stopping us? Have you thought about it, America? I think part of, I started this show, um, part of this is, is we don't stand up. We don't stand up because we're afraid of the backlash. We're afraid of what will happen to us when we assume an unpopular position or an unpopular stance. By the way, thank you to, um, I had asked a question of Christian 68. Uh, they live in Dearborn, and they said that there is a lot of hype about it, but it was given some background on it. Thank you for doing that. I I appreciate that. I love that. Love that. The chat 
telling you, Chad, if you're if you're at a computer, Chad is very vibrant today. It's uh, I love it. I love doing that. But this article I wrote, <clears throat> this is part of what's wrong with America and, and the way the way you fix it. People, a lot of people are afraid. But I wrote an article. It's entitled "Armed Grandma Murdered an Epic Last Stand in Front Yard, Saved by Countless Other Saved Countless Others by Fighting Back." What stop ba- What stops bad guys with guns? Good grandmas with comfort and skill at arms, armed and willing to actually engage the enemy that intends to do good people harm. The bad guys don't stop doing bad things to good people without being stopped by bullets. And then I have a picture. I put a picture on there of a wolf in a sheep's clothing. I have a typo there. I'll have to go back and edit that. Apologize for that. The wolf is wearing sheep's clothing. Very often the greatest problems of society are wolves disguised in sheep's clothing. These were wolves prowling about to seek to do harm to a 79-year-old woman. Tragic story of a South Carolina from South Carolina. Remember, that's the same place where this black student had to be yanked out of her chair and arrested. And then the police officer who did his job was fired. This is from a couple years ago. It proved what elderly people can do in an attempt to stop criminals from victimizing them. According to WYFF, a 76-year-old woman named Dorothy Hendricks was shot and killed in her own front yard while shooting it out with three criminals robbing her home. Neighbors reported that Hendricks had arrived at her home about 1 a.m. to find the three burglars, and she immediately engaged them, shooting and wounding one before succumbing to return fire. Police arrived to find her dead in her yard and a wounded man on the ground across the street. The getaway vehicle was discovered a short distance away with bullet holes through the windshield. The victim's brother, Ronnie Lawless, described her as both a good woman who would help anybody and a fighter who refused to be an easy victim. Lawless related that his sister's home had been robbed in 2011, and though he worried about her and wanted her to move, she instead insisted on staying and bought a gun, training with it regularly. Regularly. According to WFIE, neighbors believe that the same crew that robbed Hendricks before had returned to hit her again. I think it's the same people out to rob her, said neighbor Donna Reed. I think they knew she had money on her. Wounded suspect Stephen Haygood was charged with murder and being a felony, a felon in possession of a firearm, his two alleged accomplices, accomplices Tariba Gear, 26, and Bradacious Galloway, B-R-A-D-A-C-I-O-U-S, Bradacious, I, 23, were ultimately caught and charged with the murder of Hendricks as well. Though it is a tragedy that Hendricks was shot and killed by these thugs, her willingness to try to protect herself from younger criminals no doubt saved others becoming, from becoming victims to this crew, who would have undoubtedly gone on to victimize other people if they hadn't been stopped. This is why we constantly fight to retain our natural right to keep and bear arms for those who would deny us the capability to defend ourselves and others from criminals. Society tells us we should mollycoddle these thug wolves. Society tells us we should invest more into these underserved neighborhoods to see why these young men are resorting to committing crimes out of frustration with their difficult upbringing. We need to know why they're doing these things. Look, I don't ask a wolf why it wants to bite me. I don't ask a rattlesnake why it wants to bite me. I accept that it does, and I become the lion, and I fight the enemy with vigor 
and determination. You, know, you might be po- you might be tempted to postulate that this elderly lady might not have been killed if she didn't engage them. Well, you would be wrong. This 79-year-old grandmother did what the rest of society and law enforcement and liberal court systems would not do. This grandmother died fighting back in the process she saved, and in the process she saved many other lives and property. This grandma lion stopped the wolf and the rattlesnake by killing it. Folks often tell me property is nothing to die for. I remind them that this is why thugs find it so tempting to rob, cheat, and murder. Because we for we for we have for far too long been sheep. Welfare and entitlements don't work. Be the lion. I'm going to say this about that. I, I need you to understand, folks. I need you to understand that the neighborhood, how did they watch this? What if they had comfort and skill at arms? And what if as a neighborhood, when you know you see these videos of, of the black communities and the white person gets lost and wanders in. I did an article on one. And the white person wanders in, and they get the, ha- the crap beat out of them. They gather together. They beat the crap out of them. Well, that's a wrong thing. That's racist. It's wrong. But why don't we take the right stand and say, oh, no. You're not going to come in here and victimize our people, especially not our elderly. You've been here before. You're not. You're not it's not going to happen. What if instead of her one gun, there there were ten guns from her neighbors on either side and across the street? What if they had comfort and skill at arms? What if? What if they got shot dead that first time that they were trying to rob this woman? What if? What if a neighborhood of good people with comfort and skill at arms, said, you know what? You come into our neighbor, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to get killed. So stay out of here. Stay out of here. We're done messing with you. You've gotten all our goodwill. You ain't getting anything else. You understand this is how this works, folks. You understand this is how this works. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look, I'm not telling you if if you are not a good candidate to go get a gun and get some training. If you're a person prohibited, you you are not allowed to carry a gun because you've committed a felony or or whatever the case may be. I don't want you to get a gun. I don't. I don't want you to do that. You know, you're not the right person for that. You've done something that 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 prohibits you that prohibits you from possessing a firearm. That's a decision you made. But good people that are not people prohibited, you should be armed all the time. I go nowhere. Fully and completely I am fully and completely strapped, folks, everywhere I go. And I'm ready. I'm not trying to paint myself as some sort of bad dude. That's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm about. But if some folks have to go down, 
trying to harm myself, my family, my neighborhood. That's exactly what's going to happen. And I may die in the process. I may die in the process. But you know, I'm going to tell you something. Some things are worth dying for. What kind of life do you have when you're unwilling to risk it all for your home and for your family? People say property isn't worth dying for. Property isn't worth dying for. Don't do that. That's the same group that says babies inside the belly of a mama aren't worth saving. That's the same group. I wrote an article today at the Minority Report blog. Go there, the Minority Report blog, click the upper right, the Ninja Pastor, the Ninja Pastor, in the search bar, click on search, and it'll bring up all my articles. Put some comments in there. I know these things get millions of hits all, all you know every month, but put some stuff in there. Let me know what you think. It means a lot to me when you do that. But Satanists show up to a football game to insult Christian coach, then students do this. Now, I need you to understand that I this is how I'm linking this. We only have a couple minutes left. I need you to understand that this is part of what's wrong with America. I asked at the outset of the show, what is wrong with America? America's not standing up. We're quiet. We're too nice. We're too nice. You know, you remember Joe Kennedy, he's the football coach that had prayer with his team and whoever else wanted to pray on the 50-yard line after the game. They weren't mandated to be there, but he was there. He was kneeling in prayer. And you know what? He had most of the teams there voluntarily. I went on to say this today in this article. Go there and put your comments if you don't mind. I have a special feeling for Satanists that you would imagine a right reverend Dr. Ninja pastor of the gospel would. And you know what? Those feelings aren't sweet, loving, cushy feelings. They are feelings of utter disregard. It is due time that we realize the errant and ignorant statement, separation of church and state, is in the Constitution, and it is the rule of the law of the land. Let me help the dumb dungeons and dragons gone mad anti-God atheists, atheists, against God. It's not that you don't believe in God. You are against God. Your very name speaks that. That statement, nor its intent, is in the United States Constitution. Here's the reality. These Halloweenies wish it was in the Constitution, but alas, it is not. <coughs> and I quote an article, and then I say this then. There's also a video in there that you uh, you really want to see. Temple uh, spokesperson, smokes, I'm sorry, spokeswoman, Lilith Starr. That's not her real name, by the way. Lilith Starr said the group was invited to protest Kennedy's ritual of kneeling on the 50-yard line after games and praying. We want equality for everyone, she said. If one group is allowed to pray, everyone should be, Starr said as the group was leaving, as their mission was victorious because Kennedy did not pray on the field. He did pray, however, in the stands after Bremerton's 27-20 victory over Sequim. I'm willing to take this all the way to the end, he said during halftime. Here's what I said in closing. Equality? Temple spokeswoman Lillian Starr, which is not really 
her real name, Lilith Star, she says, not her actual name, says she and her other Satan-worshipping friends only want equality. We've heard that before now, haven't we? Worship the enemy now because you'll have all of eternity to commiserate with Satan himself. Then they can chat about how their fiery, never-ending, searing anguish is forecast and promised long ago in Scripture. Maybe there's still time for fools. I'm not anti, by the way, Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played it, but I know a lot of the people that I know that have played it when I was a kid, odd people and oddly for whatever reason, they they're Satanists. Don't know why. I said all of that to say this, folks, you need to understand that what's wrong with America is we don't stand up. What's wrong with America is that there aren't thousands of people creating a wall like the bikers do, the Patriot Riders, when this stupid group, uh, you know, I won't even say their name, protest uh, at at soldiers' funerals, and they create a block around them. They make it very clear. You come here, you try to break this line, we're going to bust you up. We're going to bust you up, and they mean it. Join us next week. Be with me on Sunday. It's an awesome service. Thank you for joining me today. Share this show with your friends. Tell the folks about Facebook, the Twitter, and all that, and the Minority Report blog. Go there, put some comments, share them with your friends. I really appreciate it. Hang with me. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drseangreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.